Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome to the Libro Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Like a Days Ago Libro Cubist. This show is a journey into the inner recesses. Oh, everyone's favorite subject in school, right? Recess <laughs> of my mind. Why? Why would you want to do such a thing? Join me there. I can't really rightly think of a reason. Uh, which likely, possibly, explains the lack of listeners to the podcast. But I'm not here for you, I'm here for me. Sort of, kind of. It's it's a team effort. There's no I in team, but there is one in my mind's eye. Huh? <laughs> oh, off the rails. I haven't done this in a while. Yeah, uh, just behind the scenes uh, action I like to give from time to time. Uh, I took a little break of recording, so, uh, you know, maybe I'm rusty. Maybe this is my way of loosening said rust by saying, you may not have consumed some of this media yourself, so I warn of that possibility, as I could spoil things. Basically, I'm going to push several buttons over the course of this podcast, which will indicate that new segments are happening in which I discuss all the media I have consumed. That is all this is. Period. Full stop. Well, not totally full stop, as I have to record the rest of the episode by pushing a button like this. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Florida Man Brand First Aid Kits. What might be in that, I wonder? Oh, audience participation, perhaps, as I like to attempt and fail at miserably from time to time? Should you have an idea what will be in a Florida Man Brand First Aid Kit, let me know two movies. On that note, I'm going to try to speed through this up. Oh my god. One thing I do, despite not having recorded in a while, do recall, is that... I say that more often than not. Well, you know what? Maybe 50% of the time. Yeah, let's let's say that. 50% of the time I say I'm going to try to speed through the episode because I got shit to do. Uh, That is what I'm saying now. Uh, Traditionally, historically, that has failed every time I've said it. And so far, as I am rambling on, it seems to be failing this time. But let's see if I can pull it out of my butt. Movie the first, Ready or Not, clearly I'm not. A bride's wedding take uh, bride's wedding night takes a sinister turn when her eccentric new in-laws force her to take part in a terrifying game. Uh, the game of Hide and Seek, Ready or Not, Here I Come. Uh, that's the title. They could have easily called this Hide and Seek. Now, this is a rich uh, family, and seemingly rich families have insane... <laughs> is we just sort of assume that every old rich family has these uh, uh, I- insane uh, traditions weaved into their uh, inbredness. Hmm, sure, that makes sense. Uh, so this one is 
when a new family member is uh, wed into the family, they have to play a game, or rather draw from a deck, which then determines which game they will play. Some things are, you know, uh, I think Jenga was mentioned, Monopoly, chess, simple things like that. However, one of them is hide-and-seek, hmm, which doesn't sound too bad. However, if you pull the hide-and-seek card, that means uh, you are then forced to uh, try to stay alive until... Uh, uh, sunrise if you don't then uh whoever this family uh prays to aka satan we find out eventually um will take all their wealth and uh, this was sort of the deal they made with the devil the the literal deal with the devil where uh the devil said okay i'm gonna give you all these riches and power and you just all you have to do is play this game uh, every once in a while though you're gonna pull this card and it's not gonna be fun for your family or for the person marrying into the family um and that is the backdrop of the story what happens in it well i did mention spoilers one thing i like this movie did other than the the, the cool action and and sort of an underlying comedy and a uh, little horror in terms of jesus christ this girl's got to go through a lot uh is the fact that you never quite know until the very very end whether uh they actually made a deal with the actual real devil or if it's just some sort of like a game that's been passed on through the generations where they all believe it's real but you know come on the devil's not real uh, <laughs> I, uh, what the hell? I'll give it. A, I'll, I, I, I'll tell you right now. Despite all my spoiler warnings, I'm going to give an extra one here. I want to say what the actual thing is, and I'm going to now. There, I gave you plenty of time. Yeah, um, the, like the whole thing ends, and she makes it to midnight, and then uh, the family is sort of standing there and hadn't killed her, so uh, they see the sunrise and they're like, oh shit, we're all gonna die, and they sort of do that, that hold your breath, and then nothing happens, and we're like, oh god, of course it's not real. Uh, one of the guys, you know, screams out, I knew it, I knew it was all just a big lie, and then he explodes in a, in a fine red mist of blood and guts and brains everywhere, <laughs> and then that proceeds to happen to the rest of the family. Pretty goddamn uh, hilarious ending. Uh, and, and you feel some some real vindication because they're not a very nice family, as presumably, if fiction tells me anything, uh, rich families, not so nice often. Uh, Rating-wise, uh, I'm going to go a solid four. Yeah, four plus even. Uh, ending, I very much enjoyed, so uh, ending gets a five. Hey, there you go. Moving on to Crawl from 2019. A young woman, while attempting to save her father during a Category 5 hurricane, finds herself trapped in a flooding house and must fight for her life against alligators. Yeah. That, uh, that is a very apt description of this movie because it is exactly what happens in the movie. <laughs> no ifs, ands, or buts, really. That's what it is. Uh, if that sounds like is appealing to you, you'll probably like this movie. If that doesn't sound appealing to you, you probably won't like this movie. I'm going to go a solid three, which if you're unfamiliar with my rating scale is uh, enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. There were some fun moments, uh, uh, um, some, some, some fun predicaments that uh, arise during this situation. Uh, some ridiculous, like, come on, that's ridiculous moments, which uh, take me out of it a little bit. But uh, but overall, you know, dumb, alligatory fun gets a three out of five. Oh, we are speeding pretty good. Television talk. Today's television talk sponsor is Greendale Community College. Thank you for that 
sponsorship. Excuse me. That's disgusting. Uh, okay, so we had two movies. Now we have two television shows. The first being The Meltdown with Jonah and Kamel. Oh, this thing from back in the day that I now have access to now that I have a subscription to Crave TV up here in Canada. Presumably that you're listening into a states where uh, I don't look often at where my listeners are from, but uh, the vast majority of them are in the U.S. The vast majority of the two of them. <laughs> uh, so uh, if you're unfamiliar with this, uh, basically Kamel Nanjiani and Jonah Ray uh, comedians, although it's Jonah Ray, still a stand-up comedian. I don't actually know if he was a podcast host, host of the reincarnation of Mystery Science Theater. Uh, funny, fun, funny dude. Uh, they hosted this show uh, again in real life, and and they stressed that at the beginning of each episode that uh, basically they had comedian uh, friends come in uh, and perform uh, their stand-up or or strange little things in the back of Meltdown Comics, which was from our perspective in the in the present, uh, it was a comic book shop uh, in L.A. at one point, which is uh, no longer there, torn down, sadly, uh, because a lot of cool things happened in that. And I always sort of dreamed of maybe one day going there and, and scoping it out, because you had that, you had uh, Harmontown, uh, just all sorts of uh, experimental comedy and uh, things of that nature happened in the back of a comic book shop, which is a, sort of a cool thing to picture, I feel like. Uh, so, uh, easy, easy, easy for me to give this show, and I watched all the seasons, a 5 out of 5. Uh, innumerable laugh-out-loud belly laughs, tears of laughter throughout, just some crazy things. Uh, you did often get the feel of uh, experiments done uh, in front of these audiences, like, like you, you know what, uh, we've never done this before, uh, it might not work. You know what, sometimes it didn't work. <laughs> some, some, some things seemingly hit better than others. And then there was sort of like the behind-the-scenes action, something you always hear about uh, if you listen to enough comedy podcasts, as I do probably too many to be honest um the sort of camaraderie behind the scenes in the green room of any comedy venue where it's just uh, comedians sitting around shooting the shit uh, uh trying to make each other laugh uh, uh just just something that i yearn for very much and uh, you feel as if when watching this you're a part of it a little bit a teensy bit and that's enough Moving on to a television show the second community rewatch yes uh also was this also on Crave or was it on Amazon? Yeah, now I've got Netflix, Crave, and Amazon. The world is my oyster in terms of, well, watching things. Uh, the entire series of Community, one to six, and a movie one day, who knows? Uh, I decided to rewatch it. Uh, and I've uh, got to say, it still holds up. Uh, uh, is this my second or third? I feel like maybe I watched it a bit. This was still when I watched cable. Like, I, I would watch it a bit back then. And then I definitely watched it all the way through. I have the DVDs uh, and then watch it again on this. It's incredible. Uh, as I like to often say, well, I don't often say it, but when it comes up, I will say it, um, that it always felt to me like uh, uh, Big Bang Theory, which I really, really dislike. Hate is a strong word, but I'm tempted to use it. Um, was, uh, was a show that makes fun of nerds, whereas Community is a show that is made for nerds. Very, it, it's a fine semantic descri uh, 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 
difference, but it is a, a it ends up being a much bigger difference. In, in, in an incredibly written, funny, well acted show, easy, easy, easy to give uh, community a five out of five. Some some six out of five moments for sure. Community, if you haven't seen it, classic. Envy pity situation here. I pity that you haven't seen it, and envy that you get to see it again for the first time. See it. I get the word again, and that sentence will make sense. Today's book banter sponsor is Lord Loss Grief Counseling. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, if you're following along with uh, The Demonada, we're at book number six of this eight book series, seven book series. I forget how many books are in it. Uh, this one is, I love the title, I will say, Demon Apocalypse. Ooh, I love things with demons in them, uh, as has come up on the podcast more times than I count. I uh, love uh, 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 apocalypse, post-apocalyptic type stuff. Always pulls me in. You know, it's funny on that note. And this is book banter, so this is uh, makes sense. Uh, 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 I lent my uncle uh, the Stephen King's book, The Stand, uh, uh, about a week ago. And uh, since that time, all of this uh, uh, coronavirus in China uh, uh, news has really been sort of exploding into the news. Uh, and if you've read The Stand, I won't give too much away, but it's a post-apocalyptic book, and the form of the apocalypse in that book is like a, a super virus, a super bug. Captain Trips, it was called. Um, so I, I feel like after reading that, uh, which I probably read four or five times now, uh, when this sort of thing happens in the real world, maybe you pay a little more attention to it. And I even texted my uncle, like, uh, have you started the book? Are you paying attention to what's going on in China? To which he said yes and yes. <laughs> so I've, pro I've, I've probably I've ruined him a little bit, but you know, join the club. Anyways, we're here to talk. We're here to talk about rather the demon apocalypse. Uh, one boy's life ripped to shreds before his eyes. One wrathful demon master, hell bent on revenge. <laughs> demon master, hell bent. <laughs> An army of grisly demonata on the rampage. It's the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> and I feel fine. Uh, the sixth novel in the Chilling Demonata series by Darren Chan, author of the New York Times bestselling Cirque du Freak series, will terrify readers long after the last page. Mm, I don't know if that's accurate. And uh, I actually didn't know uh, uh, Darren Chan had other works, but uh, after reading and enjoying most of the books in this series, maybe I'll check out Cirque du Freak. Uh, certainly an interesting title. Um, and, and this was an interesting book because um, this uh, series, I felt like, had not been building towards a literal demon apocalypse, which is literally what happens in this book, where demons overrun the earth and kill everyone, basically. Um, without giving too too much away, ah, what the hell, I will. I've done enough spoiler warnings. Um, there's time travel at one point, which undoes the demon apocalypse. I was a little disappointed, to be honest with you, when that happened. It, it felt like a little bit of a, a, what do they call it, a deus ex machina, where it was like, uh, cool things, oh my god, this is what the Earth's going to be right now, the rest of the books are going to take place on this uh, demon-ridden uh, Earth, and I thought that's where the series was going, and I was getting really excited for it, but then just like a snap of the fingers and it's all done, and we're back to the books that, to be honest, were... Some of them were better than others. So, like, I, I, I liked where it was headed and was maybe a little disappointed that it was not. So, 
still, still, um, I, I'm into the next book, and and and, and things are progressing that, uh, you know, maybe I'll get that apocalypse I yearn for. We can only hope. Oh, rating? Uh, no, four to five. Today's game, Gabin sponsor, is Ancient Fruit Wine. Thank you for that sponsorship. Folks, something has happened with my gaming in that, and I think I even brought this back not too long ago, that I started playing Stardew Valley again. Uh, but man, Jesus Christ, I am so addicted to this game that it's... it's it, 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 I was gonna say it's not even funny, and yeah, maybe it's not even funny. Like, uh, like sometimes have trouble sleeping thinking about it. You ever get a point? I, I had to sort of, uh, and I've had this with other games, but it's been such a long time. I feel like where uh, you, you, you it, like the weekends there, you could you could sense the excitement as I'm stumbling over my words. Uh, where, where like the weekend comes and like you're getting up early, and for me early is like three o'clock in the morning because my normal time is like five. Uh, so you're getting up at three o'clock in the morning just to run downstairs and play your game. <laughs> I feel like I'm freaking two years old again, and I love it. Although it's a it's a little uh, sc a little scary when that happens. You're like, oh my god, is this going to be a life my life now where I'm just addicted to this game forever? Uh, I, I will say I've reached a point where uh, I, I'm into the sort of end game stuff for the most part. Uh, that. Uh, uh, it's waning, it's waning. Like, I, I feel, I could see the end of the tunnel. I'm still playing a shit ton of it. I'm still partially uh, uh, going through this episode quicker than normal, which is impressive, uh, because I want to stop and uh, start playing it a little uh, little before uh, the missus gets home. Uh, but it's just, it's just so, so good. Uh, I think what it does well is that it's broken up to... If you're unfamiliar with this game, <laughs> first off, maybe I should have started with that. Basically, you inherit a farm from your grandfather, and you have to run the farm. Period. Full stop. Now you're, you're you know, you're growing crops, you're buying livestock. Um, uh, you're also doing things like going into uh, mining caves and fighting bad guys and bringing back their their gooey innards. Uh, and then using that to build uh, build stuff, and then you're you're, you're building buildings, you're building uh, uh, things to make cheese and wine, and uh, it's it just what it does well is it's broken up into days, and then years. So there'll be uh, uh, 29 or is it 28? I actually don't know if it's the same any time. I I think it's always 28. So it'll be 28 days of spring, summer, and fall, and that constitutes a year. Uh, and it's the days that is the reason I think it's so addictive because you'll get out of bed in the morning and you'll just want to go out and see if your crops have grown, uh, if it's raining out, uh, if things you've, uh, if maybe your livestock has given you some, uh, some truffles or whatever, uh, it's that, uh, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat that, uh, I, I just really, really like, I just opened the casino, uh, today, got, got access to that. Uh, I made my first million selling stuff. I don't know. It's almost, I want to talk to someone who has played this and has been addicted to it is probably my desire that I am fulfilling here. Hence, <laughs> that's what this podcast is. I did it. I did it, people. I did it.
Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is the Chaltian Travel Agency going out of business sale. Thank you for that sponsorship. Item the first, D&Ds for Nerds, colon, Zombie Plagued Chult, episodes 1 to 25. Yes, uh, I feel like I've mentioned this before. I know I have spoken highly of D&D as for Nerds in the past, but uh, specifically I feel like I mentioned the fact that what I do when it comes to this podcast, because they break them up into uh, seasons, 1 to 25 episodes. I suppose you could call that a season. Uh, it's like half a year, or one, one a week that sort of thing comes out on Saturdays um what I like to do with them which I don't do with other D&D podcasts curiously is to save them up until it moves on uh, to a different uh, season or a, a different arc a different story arc uh and then listen to them like all at once back to back to back times 25 uh and then I'll just spend like days pouring through it and and, and like every spare moment will be listening to this because you know they're uh, what are they an hour and change long times 25 so that that's a lot of time just to sit and and enjoy these adventures and uh if you're unfamiliar with uh, D&D, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, in the Forgotten Realms, there's an island called Chult, which is very like a like a jungle, like a rainforest. And you combine rainforest with D&D stuff, it's not a nice place to go. Like uh, especially with uh, the 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 DM of this particular campaign, he really lets his players have it. That's the other interesting thing is uh, just the two players. Um, Oh, I thought I opened this. D&D's for nerds. Yeah, it's always tough, hard to find names on their website. Uh, so it was just DM and two players, which was uh, w which I like because I, I feel like, uh, and this is coming from a member now of a podcast where it's four players. I feel like two or three is an ideal number. I, I feel like once it's four, when I'm listening, sometimes I have trouble telling who's who or, or which character is which. I, I, I like a lower number on a podcast, uh, on a D&D actual play podcast. That's just me. Um, but this was an incredible journey. Uh, left out of a cl cliffhanger, so I think they're going to be back for more. But uh, uh, he really let these players have it. So if you want to hear D&D played on, on a very high level with uh, extreme challenge, like more than I think I've ever heard on any other podcast... Uh, this is one to do it. And, and plus, uh, he's an incredible storyteller. Uh, Zamet, the DM. Uh, that's his name, right? <laughs> so bad, and I can never find it on their website, the names. Um, uh, got lots of cool mechanics and, and homebrews, and uh, just, uh, it's D&D &D done well, and uh, fun to listen to. Fun and exciting. Uh, okay, so let's move on to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing Colossal Podcast which I've spoken of before, uh, with guest Paul Reiser. In fact, Gilbert Gottfried, now that I think about it, because I'm an idiot, uh, a voice you will hear in the opening of this very program. Uh, duh, you might say. Uh, yeah, he had on uh, Paul Reiser. Paul, uh, I guess going around a little bit uh, lately, plugging uh, Mad About You, The Return, which I'm uh, curious about. I, I don't know if I really watched a, a tremendous amount of Mad About You back in the day, but I did see the odd episode. And uh, the fact that Paul Reiser, man, he is just podcast uh, guest gold. Like, I've never heard him be on a podcast and haven't thoroughly enjoyed it. And, and that's just sort of my plug for this podcast. But uh, Paul Reiser on any podcast, I, I feel like uh, if you want to experiment with a podcast and you haven't heard one before and know Paul Reiser and, and he's on it, that's your in right there to see if, they, if it's something you want to get into. Because he's going to bring it up 
and the, the, there's just like certain people like that uh who's who's paul f tompkins obviously that's that's sort of a carl tart that, that's one that, uh, a sort of recent addition to my list of of podcast gold uh okay moving on to uh last but not least how did this get played with guest jordan morris oh how did this get played shadow the hedgehog uh jordan morris i think i might actually throw on that list fellow jordan underscores on twitter uh i know because we've had a few uh, pleasant interactions on there uh super nice dude and uh incredibly funny and quick and uh, uh was a writer on at midnight and uh, just has a sort of quick comedic mind so when he was on a podcast i already listened to hey it's uh, it's the coming together of podcast worlds that i so thoroughly enjoy which is uh you know just good plus they're talking about uh, a video game shadow the hedgehog which is notoriously uh insane and after listening to the podcast i can verify yes it sounds like it was folks we did it other than oh i see we have something wait what's this let me just blow off that dusty tome oh is this a bonus Yes, a bonus. Well, why not? You know what? Uh, a bonus clip at the end of a short episode. Wow, I'm, I'm really... Uh, I think this is the first time ever, 520 episodes in, where I said I'm going to try to do it quickly and manage to do so, including the bonus, which is for Picard, Season 1, Episode 1. Yes, from uh, my perspective, uh, just came out. Uh, so, you know, there's that, and I friggin... No, no, not too surprising, I guess. If, if you've listened to me talk of, uh, you know, uh, uh, Discovery and Doctor Who and things of this ilk, uh, uh, the excitement is always high, and so are the ratings. <laughs> 5 out of 5? Ooh, episode 1, I'm not going to give a 5 out of 5. No. Um, uh, uh, I'm going to go a 4 plus with some 5 out of 5 moments, but an overall 4 plus. Uh, and, and let me just say why... Uh, it did something that, uh, it did a lot of fan service, which I love. Uh, it's a story brewing that I'm very excited to explore, but it does something that, uh, shows from time to time do, which can be hit or miss. And, and I, I feel like with this, it's going to be hit. It's just, there's that sort of, uh, little teeny worry in the back of my mind that maybe it won't be. And it's something that, uh, I think Game of Thrones was uh, famous for a little bit. Uh, Lost, that's probably one of your prime examples. And it's the uh, uh, having incredibly jaw-dropping moments of, holy cow, what does that mean? And then never really paying them off. Um, probably the smoke monsters from Lost is the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, or the polar bear. or Lost, Lost is a good example of, of, of this as a, as a trope, if it can be called a trope. Um, just that idea of there's so many cool things happen in the first episode, uh, so many things that I am dying to know and now worry that maybe will not be paid off. Uh, my hopes are high and I really do truly believe deep down that they will be, but you know, it, it is that sort of worry and, uh, 
you know, what are you going to do about it? Uh, 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 Picard T. Earl Grey Hot, I forgot to say, was the sponsor of this cleanup conversation. Uh, easy for me to uh, uh, give it high marks. It's just, uh, you know, let's hope that things progress in a manner that is not uh, uh, questions uh, that need to be answered every single episode that are never answered. Because that's sad. And I don't want to be sad, especially when we did so well 28 minutes in recording an episode where sometimes they're like 40 minutes nice we did it i can go play stardew valley now folks that leaves one final thing which is always the final thing to say which is of course it is nice to be nice to the nice this is the end of the show a sincere thank you for listening time to plug some things and i do not mean but you can like us on facebook you can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper